Just when you think you're out, we pull you back in. This is And Justice for Al, brought to you in part by Tazini Media. If anything in this life is certain, if history's taught us anything, it says you can kill anyone. I'm your host, Steve Cimino, senior writer at NRLDeep.com, and with us, as always, is executive editor Andrew Johnson. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Steve. How's it going? Let's talk more Al Pacino. Are you excited? <laughs> Uh, yeah, Let's although take this energy level up a notch. Uh, although from the after solemn intro, I, I, I love the movie we're about to talk about, but it, it is it is it is becoming quite a chore uh, with this one and the next one we have coming up. It's a it's a lot of Al Pacino, even for a diehard Al Pacino fan. We are running behind by thirty days too, so that's not a good sign. <laughs> not thirty. Thirty nine? How many? This should have been. I guess not technically. I guess only we're all technically only ten days behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're good, but. Yeah, we're not on schedule, but we are here to bring you as much Al Pacino as we can muster, and we're going to get through all 13, 14 movies. Well, we're not getting paid for this, so we can be <laughs> on not. whatever schedule we want. If we were getting paid for this, I would do this every day of my life. <laughs> but that, that, that dream is not a reality yet, yeah. so here we are. Not yet. So today, friends, if you listened to the last episode, the Glenn Gary Glenn Ross episode, you'll know that we are going to talk about The Godfather Part 2, which is... One of the greatest movies of all time, I'd say, in all AFI slash IMDb top 500, top 10 movies, I'd say. Pretty much everybody, yeah. respectable and non-respectable, would have this hovering around the best movie ever made. One of the best movies ever made. And to me, not coincidentally, it features a lot of Al Pacino. Over <laughs> two hours of Al Pacino. Maybe all come close to three. And is probably his best performance, I would say. Andrew, would you agree with that? Um, yeah, having not seen all of Al Pacino's, like, especially his earlier work, it's definitely my favorite one. Um, yeah, certainly better. He's great in the first Godfather, but this is like his show really. Right. You know, in the first one you have James Caan and Marlon Brando. And, um, this is like all about Al Pacino as Michael Corleone. So yeah, and he's got a couple of scenes in this that are just like you know. Even I'm sure when when you talk to Tom, the famed Pacino hater that comes on at the end of our podcast, he's gonna have to bow down to a couple of these scenes. I refuse to accept that he's gonna critique some of Al's work in this movie. Yeah, that's. I think this will be the most interesting uh, Tom uh, cameo in our in our series. Uh, uh, maybe not the most entertaining, but I'll, I'm most curious to see what he has to say. Um, certainly the most entertaining the worse the move al pacino movie is the more entertaining his yeah. his stuff gets but uh but this one will be be more interesting just to see where he rates the performance yeah this one i mean this this is a tough one to to nitpick i would say but i'm sure he'll find something because he seems like he's got a curmudgeonly mindset that will allow him to tear apart the most beloved and joyful things in existence so yeah, I mean that's that's Tom for you. <laughs> yeah. But we're happy to have him because we, you know, to balance my positivity, yeah. there is some negativity required. And you've yeah. been, and this is two for two now of you enjoying the movies. So I mean, you've been you've been siding on the side of the angels so far, which is nice. It's hard for me to not enjoy a movie, honestly. Like even bad ones, there's uh, it's still one of the things I'd most like to do. So um, I think even like you know, as we look ahead, I'm I'm excited actually to watch. Scarface. I haven't seen. Well, I can't. That's. I know you're getting ahead of yourself there, but that's that's. I'm not. I can't well, join you on that one. I, here's why I'm excited. I haven't seen it since I was like in college, and uh, needless to say, I think I have a fairly different mindset about 
Um, I, I like love the movie in college, but like you know, it's like a like that and having a Bob Marley poster on your wall of your dorm room are like requirements, I think. And Boondock Saints when I was yeah. in college was, was yeah. a big one. So I'm I just I'm just curious to see like <laughs> how dismissive I'm gonna be. Of the movie oh God, now. that's gonna that, that uh, might be a long one because I'm I, I haven't seen them in a while either. But I I recall not even really liking it that much the first time or the second time whenever I saw it. I don't even think I liked it that much. Uh, I just think I was like he's it's very violent and he's doing lots of drugs awesome <laughs> yeah. you know and he's very he's saying lots of things and yeah. some quotable lines and yeah it's yeah. it's got some good stuff but i suspect we're ultimately going to be a little perturbed i don't want to get too far into scarface but one of my favorite things about it though in all seriousness is the synth heavy like score to that movie yeah i just oh i God. can't wait for that it is painfully '80s, and it's it's, it's crazy. It's going to take me back to playing Grand Theft Auto Vice City, which is going to be great. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be awesome. So, <laughs> well, you'll hear about that next time, fans. Well, that's that's our next one, and you will enjoy that, and we will enjoy it perhaps slightly less. But we're here for you. We're here for Al. We want we want to get. We're going to dive into the good and the bad, mostly good. But let's talk about Godfather Two now. Let's talk about. I mean, it's it's remembered. I would say for the most part. And whether people realize it or not, for the Robert De Niro uh, scenes of young Vito Corleone, which are the probably which are the best part of the movie, I think we'd both agree after seeing it again. Despite how good Al is in a lot of the scenes, the De Niro stuff really makes the movie whole and gives you a nice break from the Godfather, the rest of the story, which, in my opinion, is not that much better than what you get in the off malign Godfather Three. Like I just think there's there's great acting, but there's not a ton there, and it's the De Niro stuff that really ties it together. Yeah, well, I guess, I mean, I, I'll i plug it now and probably not for the last time during this podcast, but I did write, uh, you know, the Film 101 series, I did write a whole piece on this, and I think I actually wrote about Godfather and Godfather 2, and I think what makes the first two movies so beloved is the, like, is that generational tension um, between, like, the romantic version of the American dream Mm-hmm. Uh, which Vito Corleone sort of lives out, even though, yes, it's a very violent and graft-heavy version of the American Dream with, like, the Michael Corleone version of the American Dream, which is, like, all about... It's really about assimilation, you know? And, like, he's just... I mean, I just... Watching this movie again, I'm, I'm like, floored by how authentic uh, Vito Corleone, young Vito Corleone, even old Vito Corleone, is about... Um, how important his family is to him mm-hmm. and then how much that is something that Michael says over and over again, but it's complete bullshit, right? Like, yep. you know, and that's, that's what makes those two movies so great. I think is the generational tension, you know, the, the, you come to America, the land of opportunity and then you assimilate and then, and then what, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of a dark picture of the American dream without getting too, into the themes of the movie and stuff like that. So I think that's what, that's what makes it go. But you know, you can't have one without the other, right? Like Michael's arc throughout the first and especially the second movie is, is critical to that whole story. So it's, you're totally right though. Like Pacino plays Michael outrageously dark in this movie. You know, he punches a woman after she aborts his child, he slams the door (laughs) in her face. He has many, many people murdered, including his own family. Mm -hmm. He's ruthless the the fact that he's you know still likable or you still root for him at least as a protagonist is pretty impressive and probably a lot of 
carry over from the first one when you saw what like a right. sweet young guy he used to be. But it's impressive how dark Pacino takes him and how dark Francis Coppola takes him and how just, you know, they, 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 and especially in the contrast of Vito, which they, you know, it seems like you said, it's very light. It's sort of like he's, op- he's operating out of circumstance and out of necessity. Like he's just doing what he has to do to survive in this country. He doesn't really come from or, or totally understand just yet. Or, you know, he, he's, he, he's, he's this kind of guy. It seems like it's sort of natural to him. And with, with Al, it's very, it's like, he's struggling against it constantly. He's forcing, he's not forcing his urges, but he's trying to like combat them and trying to somehow put up with his family while battling the demons inside of him. Like it's just so much. And, and in reality, what they're doing, Vito and Michael are not that much different, but yeah, just the way, you know, Vito fought for his family just to have food on the table and a mm-hmm. roof over their heads. And Michael has all the options in the world and he chooses to basically be an evil piece of shit. It's, it's some good stuff. It's some, you know, and, and none of that is slammed in your face. Like that's the amazing thing about these movies is it's all right there in front of you, but it's you know it's a mob movie and it's just a mob movie that was made with more substance than any up to that point and still than on pretty much anyone that ever came after it and it's really and it's a testament to how great the acting is how great the writing is the directing it's all just a perfect tour de force of every like it's just it's very impressive to watch a movie this skillfully made even you know 40 years now after it came out and see how much it holds up and and appreciate it for what it was yeah and i um you know to go back to pacino which is the whole the uh the method behind the madness or the, uh, the found foundation of the feast indeed, as you will. Uh, <laughs> his performance is just so outstanding. And uh, I, I just, it, it's, 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 it's positively chilling. Like I, the, his transformation, I mean, I, I, it's, it's hard for me in my brain to sort of separate Godfather one and two. I've seen them both so many times that, um, I, you know, and, you can't help but sort of referencing between the two, but that whole arc of Michael from, you know, war hero coming back to um, his sister's wedding. And then he just, he ends Godfather two alone. Like basically his mother's dead. Um, Connie's like surrogate mother, surrogate sister, mother off to be like Rocky's wife. Uh, (laughs) And um, you know, Kay is gone and, his and brothers are dead. His, his, yeah, his brothers are dead. He killed one of his own brothers. And he still has Al Neri though. He'll never lose yeah. Al Neri. <laughs> it's just kind of like devastating in a way. Like that that I, I don't it's like did 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 Michael do this to himself? Did the did like sort of the American dream do this to him? Like what happened? Um and it's like it's it's like I, people don't really say like, "Oh, Godfather, Godfather Two is a tragedy," but they really are. Like, oh my God, um, he doesn't know at the end. He's just sitting there. And he has no idea like how he got to this point. Yeah, and I just like I I think like I love I think my favorite scene in, in the entire movie is actually the last one, um, the very very last one, um, the the flashback. Yeah, and you know like because he says you know he tells Sonny you know I'm gonna he's gonna join the Marine Corps after Pearl Harbor. And, you know, Sonny goes nuts. And Michael, even then, goes, the line is, I have my own plans for my future. And uh, it's just like, it's just such a chilling note to sort of like end on. And, yeah. uh, and, 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 you know, Pacino sort of just, just, just makes all of that like come alive. And, you know, to bring it back to like our conversation about Pacino to, to date, um, 
you know, I think he's a more effective actor when he's got this, when he sort of keeps a lot of it under wraps, you know, like it bubbles out in Godfather 2, that sort of like energy and mania, you know, like. The, and it's so when, exciting when it does. Yeah. When, it when he explodes, you're just taken yeah. aback. You're like, oh, shit, what did he just do? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like, and and like, and then you compare that to like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, the end of that, the second half of that movie where he's just like. He's kind of like crazy for the last half of the movie, and um, <laughs> it's just so much more effective. Uh, yeah, uh, and I, I don't want different movies, but I know what you're saying totally, you're right. Yeah, it's, it's totally different movies, and and so I don't want to overstate that. No, but I think you're right, though. It is. It's just this is this is more the proof, I think, more than anything, of what he can do and how right. good he is at the quiet brooding and how much you can interpret from that brooding, like. He let they let the movie just you just you just sit there and think about what the, what is he like it, they allow the movie to sort of come to a rest then and you can have some time to ponder just like right. he's pondering and it's right. just a really smart choice for everybody involved to just give you all those moments of just solitude and there's a lot of moments in this with no sound too which I really liked like mm-hmm. and that happens in Godfather one too like there's a scene with silence or just street noise and then the the score picks up and the score is so theatrical right. and. And like a opera type, you know, operatic, but yep. it's great though. Like it lets the action play out, and then there's the da 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 da. Right, right, right. It right. just sort of like puts the exclamation point on the end of the sentence. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean, they're just they're just great. Like they're just like you know like two of the greatest movies of all time. So I don't know what I don't know what the more to say yeah. about that. But we don't need to, yeah, we but, don't, there's only so much we can harp on it for its high yeah. qualities. I guess I guess the only other thing I'd say about Pacino, um I mean not the only other thing, but uh you know it's it's inevitable to do the like uh Pacino De Niro comparison. Um and like this is to me this is like the wrong movie to do it in because um one Pacino's in much more of the movie. Like I, I, rewatching it, I, I sort of mentioned that to you earlier. I was actually surprised how imbalanced it was. Like in my mind before this, I felt like they split the time evenly, but it's really not like that at all. Um, Pacino's in much more of the movie than De Niro. Um, and the other thing is, I just think Pacino's performance is so much better than De Niro's in this movie. It's just so much, so much. There's just so much richness to it. Um, like and that's again sort of intentional in, in terms of the character but like there's just so much more going on with Michael Corleone than there is with young Vito Corleone and 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 Pacino's you know they're just to me they don't compare um there maybe we'll get maybe we'll do the the better comparison in like heat or something like that but, yeah that's probably but, more um, that's a much more appropriate time to do yeah. it cuz you're right this is this is the Al show and De Niro sort of came out of nowhere and stole the stuff he was in yeah. but not really fair to compare the two at all, but you got to do it in a certain extent because they're so they're so connected to each other in so many ways. But I just love there's a great scene in this when one of the more underrated scenes is when Fredo and Michael meet up in in Cuba, yeah, and they're talking at the and Michael that's one of like Pacino's probably the lightest scenes in the movie. Like they talk about how to pronounce banana daiquiri right. in Spanish, and he right. says banana daiquiri. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it might be the only time Pacino smiles in the entire movie. Yeah, yeah, and it's so nice. Like you can see, and Fredo even says because John Cazale, who John Cazale is an amazing actor in this yeah. too, he even says like, "Why haven't we done this before?" And yeah. and when you know why he's getting so frustrated, oh, it's just it's so great. Like to give him that moment of levity, and Al and Al just getting to be that old, which Al is great in the first one as young Michael. Like he's charming and funny, and like 
he's you know he's sort of the narrator and explains to you who everybody is without shoving it down your throat like he's just he was such a great character then and it's great that this movie lets him gives him a couple scenes at least to bounce back and forth between the pure evil and the good and then mostly in the middle when he's trying to muddle through everything yeah speaking of scarface i feel like the sheets that are in fredo's bed and also the nightclub that they're at in cuba are just sets that were taken into Scarface, basically. But. <laughs> they saved him for eight years, whatever. <laughs> basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, it's it's. I, I forgot. You know, that's a good scene to call out. Yeah, because it. Um, it's another one that's just like knowing what happens is 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 like yeah is is really tragic. You know, I mean, it's tough to praise this movie without and call out one part and say this part is good right. because the acting isn't isn't as good without the script. It doesn't all work without the sound. It doesn't all work without with the way it was shot and just the way the story is told in general. Like it all just fits. Like usually when you see them, when we see movies, I feel like we will sit here and we'll write about the acting. Like in The Revenant, we're like obviously right. the screenplay is pretty whatever, but the acting and the way it looks are so great. But there's one part that clearly they're 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 overcoming it with their their skills. This one it's it's really it's sort of silly to pick one part out and say this is the best because that's not really how it works. Right. Yeah. It's a rich tapestry. And that's that's how you become one of the greatest films of all time. <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> when you have no flaws, that's you, you check a lot of boxes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say too. One other scene I think we should talk about, which is probably my my vote for the best scene ever, is when Kay tells Michael that she got an yeah. abortion. Yeah. And the I remember as a kid, my dad loves these movies, and I probably saw Godfather when I was. Eight or nine, maybe. It's like ten. Too, uh, too young to see it, but all right. Too young to see it. Did not appreciate it in any way. Yeah. Like I, I think I remembered a couple of scenes. Like I probably saw two a little later, but I remember seeing one when I was pretty young. Yeah. And it might have been a TV cut, so it might have been there. Might not have been the fake yeah, blood sure. or whatever. But I do remember the first time, whenever it was, whatever age, early teens, when I saw that scene, and just the way Pacino, the rage boils up oh. in his body. Like I've never, it's like the opposite of in Glengarry Glen Ross when right. the power drips out of Jack Lemon. The way the rage right. comes into Al Pacino in right. that scene is just, I couldn't imagine them doing that. I'm sure they did it more than once, but I could not imagine it ever be like going through that whole process. The way he lunges it at the K and punches her too, like it's all so. God, I get chills just thinking about it because it's so intense. Must have been like draining as actors to do it, right? Like, yeah, take two, you know, like take six. <laughs> take oh two. my God, ruined. Yeah. both your lives are horribly ruined because yeah. of the choices you made. Go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was just listening to another podcast, and they were. It was actually another uh, podcast, Andrew. Uh, another podcast. Yeah, <sighs> I was cheating on our own podcast, but uh, they. It was an actor talking about just how some of the scenes it was um paula malcolmson from deadwood oh nice trixie um from mm-hmm. deadwood and she was just talking about how some of the scenes that were like super violent um on that show were just for her were actually like physically draining and, and mentally and emotionally draining and like that that just must have been the case case with these two um yeah in, in that scene I, I also just i'm i'm like kind of amazed that like you know, when I was, I, the, the other amazing thing about this movie is that, um, you know, like Diane Keaton and Talia Shire are in like, for some reason I connect them with other movies from the seventies. I, I mean, like mm-hmm. Diane Keaton, like every Woody Allen movie from that yep. era and Talia Shire, obviously with Rocky. And they kind of like, I wouldn't say that I don't, I watch the scenes and I'm like, Oh, that's, I know it's Diane Keaton, but they just melt into the 
movie in this really like satisfying way. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. That uh, they use them really smartly here. Yeah. Like they're they're only in a couple scenes each. Yeah, but uh, everyone packs a huge punch. You know, so mm-hmm. so um, that that part is 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 interesting. <laughs> uh, packs when Michael punch. when. Michael shuts down uh, Connie's boyfriend Merle is such a <laughs> oh yeah 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 I don't know this Merle I don't know what he does I don't know I don't know I don't know <laughs> I think we can all say we agreed with him on Merle though right <laughs> Merle just was a piece of shit the second he walked in the door yeah. Michael sized him up and said I don't like this fucking Merle one bit <laughs> he was right about that he was right about <laughs> Merle at least <laughs> and maybe and they're probably going for that too like let's have Connie bring this asshole in and let's get Michael get some cred with the audience by saying okay get this guy out of my sight yeah. like yeah. We, we we all side with him there. And it makes you like him a little better when he goes off killing. But it's just he's just he's so mean to everybody the entire movie. He's mean to Tom Hagen the entire movie. He's mean to Connie. He's mean to Kay. Like he's not nice to anyone in his family the entire time. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, and it's why it, are we rooting for him? Like I don't understand even. Well, like I can't figure out how Coppola made us side with him the entire time. I'm mean, not even side with him necessarily, but not abandon him outright. I mean, I think that's one of the things that's great about the movie, though, is that by the end you're not you're not rooting for him, right? I mean, like, I'm just... I, by the end of that movie, I'm just completely exhausted by Michael Corleone. And I'm like, you know, I don't even care. Maybe that's why I never saw Godfather 3, because I just don't even care what happens to Michael after. Yeah, after. and you're not wrong to not do that. But <laughs> this would be a good time. If you were ever to sit down and watch it, I'd vote for now. Is it, like, eight hours long? No, it's not that bad. Did it come with your Blu-ray package? Do you have it on? No, I bought one and two independently for the oh, same you reason. Buy I, the whole set for oh. the same reason. I do. I won't buy an Indiana Jones box set or a Star Wars box set. <laughs> yeah. I don't want. I, I'll come over and I'll meet your daughter and I'll bring Godfather Three on regular DVD and we can watch it together. Right, so you're gonna come over for a multi-night stay then? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm just gonna sleep over on your couch and we can watch Godfather in the morning, in the afternoon, in the Sounds night. Good. Sounds good. <laughs> Uh, yeah it's it's just it's quite the movie and it's you know what al does is just he was at the you know if you look at the string of movies he was in around this time it's just a murderer's row of excellence like i'm gonna pull it up really quick so we can take a look but it's just it's it's pretty flabbergasting that a guy you know hit hit this many home runs in such a short amount of time it's again i think even tom will agree yeah so he did (laughs) Serpico, Godfather 2, Dog Day Afternoon, and Justice for All, Cruising, and then one thing I never saw called Author, Author, and then Scarface. That's a pretty great run. Yeah. yeah. And before, and then we skipped Godfather, which came a couple years before Serpico. So, of course. Yeah, he's, you know, and again, I can just, I'm, I know I'm going to rave about Al for every single episode of these movies, but it's nice to see the reminder, as you, I'm sure you'll agree with this, and this is something Tom might agree with as well. It, he's such a he's a huge joke right now and he's everyone everyone makes fun of him with good cause but you see this and you remember why people love him so much and what he can do and it does it does make you even me lament a little bit that he doesn't do it anymore even though i, I understand why he might not at this point in his career but it reminds me of just you know what a nice run this guy had and how important he was to films and how great he is in some of the best movies you know we ever have had made for us yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I don't know that we should hold it against him that he's not. Like, at, 
at that. Yeah, we don't with musicians for the most part. No, like usually, people just ignore their later. We don't. With, we don't with athletes. I mean, we tend to understand that athletes. You know, uh, like Peyton Manning. You know, is not. Yeah. Peyton, he won a Super Bowl, but he's not Peyton Manning. Um, and Danny Collins might be Al Pacino's Broncos <laughs> Super Bowl. You know, we don't know yet. We're gonna find so. out in May. Maybe so. He's carried carried by other other actors through it i guess uh but yeah i don't know like de niro we we talked about this last time you know de niro's i don't know like they obviously it's it's a lot harder for uh women actresses uh as they age to get the same kind of roles unless they're meryl streep basically but um you know i don't i don't know if if men run into the same sort of thing at us after a certain age you know where they it's you know that you know, they have to play like a doddering old guy or that's, you know, that's pretty much. Or Mang- or AJ Manglehorn and Manglehorn. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not defending Al Pacino's career. No, no, I know. But I'm just saying, like, I don't I don't think it's not like he's going to go star in Concussion. The, the, yeah. Like, or I don't know, some other movie that's like very star driven. Uh, and again, I think he's had a couple of weird hits at the end of his career. But my, my only point was that. It's just it's nice to see this Al again. Like it's nice to go back. I haven't watched this movie in a little while. It's great to see a living legend. Like same way you watch a Nicholson movie or a Hoffman movie or a Hackman movie. Like they're all so great, and our memory of them is so skewed because we're pretty young. Like we weren't alive. We weren't close to being alive when this movie came out. But so we the, our formative years were. You know, Al was getting a little shitty already, and even the other guys were started dropping yeah. off. So. It's nice to go back and remember, like, my dad saw this in theaters, and <laughs> I remember talk, him talking about how, you know, transformative an experience that was, and just, I could not imagine going to a movie theater and seeing this movie. My head would explode. Like, how is that even possible? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard to imagine now, like, on a big screen, and the, the, the sound, too, like, as you bring up the, the, like, surround sound, like, sort of enveloping you, that score, that distinctive, yeah. distinctive score, so be pretty fun yeah well maybe the afi silver will play it one of these oh if it does that i would love to attend that event with you yeah yeah you get an email let me know i will all right well now is the moment of truth and the real test for our regular guest on this show tom kutch who Ooh, last name reveal. Who uh, you can who, send him poop in the mail if you want. I don't know. <laughs> I don't pose that idea. We know Tom is a hater of Al Pacino, but this is gonna this is gonna test his limits here. So let's uh, kick it over to Tom now. My discussion with Tom and and see what he see what he thought of uh, of Al Pacino's performance in Godfather Two. <clears throat> All right, folks. Now we're welcoming back our esteemed colleague, noted guest, uh, Al Pacino pundit. Uh, the Tucker, Tucker Carlson of this of this <laughs> series, <laughs> Tom Kutch. Tom, I apologize for that introduction, but how's it going? Oh, it's going great, but don't ever call me Tucker Carlson again. It's just because of the bow tie. I assume you're wearing. I'm. Uh, I am. I don't know. How you do that. <laughs> yeah, you, the bow tie and nothing else but a smile. I'm sure for this. <laughs> I mean, it's my Tuesday night get up. Uh, all right, so Tom. We talked about Glengarry Glenn Ross last month, and I'd say you were as as the as the esteemed noted Al Pacino hater. I'd say you were mildly negative about about that role, but positive about the movie overall. Yeah. So we wanted to counterbalance that one with the probably the great 
the great Al Pacino role of all time uh, in Godfather 2 as, my, as Michael Corleone in Godfather 2. Right. Now, of course, there's a first Godfather. Of course, Al Pacino's in that one. I know you watched both of them, so I'm curious to hear your take on that. But let's first just get an overview of, of, of what you thought uh, of, of his performance, particularly in Godfather 2, because this is a movie, re-watching it, that I didn't really realize... You know, I, he and De Niro are both in it, um, and I sort of in my mind was like, oh, they kind of split it down the middle. But if you watch the movie, it's like way more Al Pacino and way less Robert De Niro than I really remembered. So given that, given Godfather 2's place in like the movie pantheon is probably one of the greatest movies of all time, um, size up Mr. Pacino's performance for us in, in Godfather 2. Yeah, um... So I just a real quick uh, what you said I thought was interesting because I totally didn't remember. Also, I haven't seen it in years. I didn't remember just how much uh, how much more uh, the Pacino plotline there is. I was like shocked by how little of De Niro right. there was. Um, it takes all of my being and all of my <laughs> hatred of Pacino and all of my cynicism and like seventeen deep breaths to say this, but it's. Basically, a very enjoyable performance. <laughs> Basically, a very enjoyable performance for Al Pacino. Now, if I can get a slight dig in there, De Niro totally steals the show, even in though he's like you know like a third of the thing. And again, another dig. He's speaking Italian eighty-five percent of the time. But wow! All of that said, I gotta say Pacino's pretty good in The Godfather. It's a, it's a serviceable performance. It's a say. serviceable performance. <laughs> I, I, I do think you start to see signs as it progresses and as the character of Michael Corleone like, really starts to like turn into like this really sort of like mafioso that you know we've come to to know from popular culture and rewatching The Godfather and, and Goodfellas and Sopranos. He really, you know, takes on that kind of just more self-parodying kind of character but there's nothing really wrong with the performance it, and certainly it, it, God, it's hard it, it's really hard but it's pretty good it's, but though, as you said I, I, I saw both and I, I do really think and this will probably be unsurprising to you I, I think he's better in, in the first one uh, but that's also just because his character is a lot more subtle and he doesn't have to he has to be angry less often. Well, he's just in the movie less too. I mean, you got more. He's Sonny, just you've got more. Exactly. Marlon Brando, and all that stuff. Um, exactly. Well, that's the definition of a backhanded compliment, if I've ever heard one. Um, a, a very entertaining one that I'm sure is going to drive people, especially Steve, completely crazy. Um, yeah, I'll do my best. <laughs> so I'm interested in a couple things that you said, though. Okay, one, you, you said he's 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 uh he's almost a self parody uh at, at points during during the second movie. Here's a question for you though. Can you really be a self parody if you're basically defining the like modern mafioso that we that you reference? Like every reference you had after that came after the Godfather. So yeah. isn't in some on some level isn't he defining that, that mafioso character? No, I, that's that's actually totally apt. I, I guess I meant a little more in just the, like the uh, 
and you know, I guess it's maybe the same thing. I guess I was referring a little more to uh, the movie itself and just how ingrained in popular culture it's become. So I guess it kind of any any rewatching experience is bound to be colored by all of the things mm-hmm. we already know that came after it. So it's honestly a little hard to separate the initial kind of art from all of its imitators. Yep. So it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a confusing thing with that. Yeah, but And I meant that more with the movie itself. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, no, he's certainly, uh, it's certainly a role and a character that definitely kind of is the standard bearer for what comes after. Uh, and I'll, I'll give, I'm going to say I'm going to go and, uh, you know, give Mario Puzo and, uh, and Coppola more credit on that, but Pacino <laughs> at least didn't derail it. So that was pretty good. Good for him. I'm surprised you're giving the author Mario Puzo like a lot of credit, given that most people say it's one of the few examples of a movie that's better than the book. But all right, we'll 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 gloss that over. Um, well, book, but I'm sure that's true, actually. Um, okay, so second question. It's been kind of inescapable in the first two episodes so far of, to compare um, De Niro and Pacino. Um, uh, so. I'm interested in why you think De Niro's performance was so much better because Steve and I just spent a bunch of time talking about how much better we thought Pacino was in this particular movie than, than De Niro. Um, I mean, he, he basically runs the show. Um, and, uh, so I'm curious about why, other than your obvious hatred of Al Pacino, why, why you think his performance is so much better? <laughs> so yeah, you've got you've gotten maybe the biggest stumbling block out of the way <laughs> in my possibly terrible argument. Uh, I think it boils down more to the character uh, rather than the actor playing. I mean, I think that De Niro does a great job, but it's really I mean, as great of a character as Michael is in kind of the history of movies and in these in this great epic, like. The role, the character of Vito is just like I don't know. There's something so magnetic about it that I think it just that like the story. I mean, it's, it's, it he brings a lot to it, but it just that character, like just the immigrant experience, all kind of all of that wrapped up together in that character. I don't know. It's just well, I, I'm just more drawn to that plot line, and so then maybe I give Daniel more credit than he deserves. I th- I think that's uh, that's. That's. I think most people would agree with that, though, and I think that's kind of like the point of the Godfather movies, right? Is right. that is that there's a romanticism about Vito's sort of rise from nothing, and then there's this like really uh, dark vision of the American dream, right? Like at yeah. the end of Godfather Two, it's like it's like tragic and depressing. I mean, Michael ends up alone on his compound. Yeah. In in. Uh, in, in Lake Tahoe and he's gotten everything he's wanted, right? Sort of like legitimacy and he's assimilated his family into, into American life, but like everything else around him is like that Vito would have valued has like turned to ashes, you know? So that's like, yeah, totally. I guess what I'm saying is, isn't, isn't Pacino's character meant to be hated and, and De Niro slash Brando's character meant to be loved. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's like this, the whole thing about like the myth and Vito only has the dream to attain, Mm-hmm. And then Michael is born on third base, and you know he's born with the dream 
basically complete. So what does he have to do except corrupt the whole thing? Because yeah. nothing else to do, especially if you're a mobster. So I guess one of the other things that stuck out for me is like I know you watched both one and two, and like I I agree that the one is a superior movie. I've rewatched Godfather two and one like twice in the last two years or so. Yeah, and uh, and like they really should, almost should be viewed together anyway because they're kind of all the same long story. But yeah, um, one is just so much more complete of a movie. Like you can't even. It's almost like you can't have two. Like you can't even imagine watching two without ever having watched one. So yeah, no, that's um, definitely. So that's 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 sort of uh, that's sort of interesting. But you know, it's like I guess Steve and I spent a lot of time talking about this role about Pacino. It's it's kind of like staggering that he didn't win like an Academy Award for this. And like yeah. I, I'm sure you know, we'll get to this later. What he eventually won his Academy Award for, which maybe. <laughs> Do you you do know right? I I do know. Hooah! Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so that maybe just taught, hints at what what is all wrong with the Oscars. But um, yeah, you know it's you know I I don't know. I guess I guess if if you're grading on a curve, then then this has got to be a pretty pretty damn good performance from from Alfredo. I mean, I've <laughs> I've certainly never seen a better one. <laughs> I'll I'll say it in my my classic negative fashion, but yeah, it's definitely his least bad role of all time, and in fact, it's pretty enjoyable. <laughs> least bad, pretty enjoyable. Yeah, oh, man, damning with faint praise. Well, praise. I, I can't wait till we get to the next few because I'm sure that that'll change. You'll change your tune after those with uh, with Scarface and Danny Collins coming up. Yeah, you never know. I might, you know, I might just, uh, this one really might inspire me to really kind of look in, inwards with introspection on Al Pacino. All right. Well, on that note, I think, I think, I think I've, I've had enough of your, your, <laughs> your, uh, your, your, uh, your, your downplaying of, of Pacino's greatness in this role. I'm I'm surprised uh, it took this long. Uh, yeah, no, but in all seriousness, Tom, it is, it is good to have a, the dissenting voice, the other the other side of the aisle here, because um, as we know from all current American media coverage, there are two sides to every story, and every story must be given every side must be given the same uh, amount of time. That's cause, exactly cause right. They're equal. They're both right. Exactly. So you know this balance. as a as a journalist. So that's right. Yeah, fair and balanced. Fair and balanced. That's all right. right. That's okay. Cool. So one last thing, Tom. We need to okay. we need you to rate this performance uh, on the scale of. Corleone brothers. Okay. Fredo, Sonny, or Michael. I mean, it seems obvious to me, but I don't know. Maybe maybe you're gonna gonna give it like a, a high Fredo. I believe it was a soft Fredo last time. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, as much as I want to give it a Fredo, <laughs> I'm gonna have to give it a Michael. I, you're I'm giving blue. it a Michael. Wow. Give it a Michael. Blew right past Sonny, huh? Yeah, I, I yeah, I okay. gotta give it a Michael. Is Sonny is that rating ever going to be used by you, Sonny? Probably not, right? This is this is eleven eleven Fredos and our one Michael. Is that right? Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see how I interpret Sonny, but uh, that's a plausible uh, assumption. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I'll let you rest up, Tom. I know it's going to take a a lot of cognitive energy to get through uh, Scarface, our film for next month. 
um, which is streaming free on Netflix. So at least you don't have to like spend any money to rent it. Oh, that's that's great. So that's there, really good. There you go. That's I'm that's, looking forward that's, to my next month. That's my that's my that's our gift to you is timing oh. this well with with Netflix. Um, well, thank you so much. All right, Tom. Thank you. As always, we'll we'll talk again next month. Godspeed. Thank you for having me. Tom, well, you know, it's the man is um, uh, he he at least this one went a little more positive, so that's good. But he's still I still think we're going to be locked in a death match someday and you know, he can he can he can he can sort of he can bounce back and forth, he can vacillate a little bit, but I know where his heart really lies and <laughs> even if he gave this one a little bit of props, I know the trouble is coming from him. So I don't buy. I, this, I don't know when we get to the, when we get to Scarface. If we are, we're going to tear it apart. I'm nervous to see what Tom has to say. This is this is probably the last time that we'll, you'll be able to say, uh, you know, Tom. Tom was was kind of kind to your boy. So, <laughs> yeah. so. probably um, that's okay. I, like I said, we're destined to do this. I think you said. Do you say the last time we're destined to do this forever? I think I think so. Right? Yeah, that's right. I, it's stuck in my head. <laughs> And we are, me and him, and we'll meet someday. And I don't even know what's going to happen. It's, it's an eternal struggle. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's the, the gates of heaven or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> the devil's advocate. Wait, yeah, there what? <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, I'm jumping ahead. Sorry. Okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give this a strong Michael here on the Michael Sunny Fredo scale. I think. Obviously, it's the Michael movie, but I think there's. I'm gonna give this probably the number one, but you know, performance of all time, and one of the great performances probably of all time overall, and and just really, really high quality work. Yeah, I mean, it's his his name is Michael Corleone, so I don't I don't <laughs> think I don't think we have to overthink this one. Right? No, this one's pretty straightforward. So I would rank Al Pacino's performance as Michael Corleone as a Michael Corleone. <laughs> <laughs> just to clarify uh yes, it's, it's the ranking that bears his name and it, so he did not win an oscar for this i mean that is amazing no just, i forget what won let me look that up really quick too that's pretty gross that just proves how idiotic the oscars are uh, it really does way before our time too 40 42 years ago they were making horrible choices and they still are so at least they're consistent <laughs> i mean like, at least They've been ruining things for so long. I'm trying to find this I, right. Now. I want to see that list of nominees and and just I mean poo all over it. I mean I don't know. I don't know how you could how you can watch this and then think there was a better acting performance in that year. There must be something else that was close. Like I I I don't want to think that that they just messed up that bad. But let's find out. Oh. Okay. So, oh my God, you're gonna be even more upset. So, two of the performances that lost were Al Pacino as Michael, obviously, and Jack Nicholson in Chinatown. <laughs> so there were apparently someone was better than both of those people, and the winner was Art Carney for Harry and Tonto. <laughs> and also, Dustin Hoffman was Lenny in the Lenny Bru- in the Lenny Bruce movie. He lost, and then Albert Finney also lost in Murder on the Orient Express. So it was four of the greatest actors of all time. Albert Finney's probably in a class below those three, obviously. Lost to Art Carney, who was probably old as dirt at that point, and they were just putting out the pasture. Yeah, well, you know, God forbid you uh, not or honor someone in for the right performance. Art Carney. At least, at least Godfather Part 2 beat Towering Inferno for Best Picture. That's, that's an offset. <laughs> yeah. 
That's thank God for that. Man. I will say, and this is a Pacino podcast, but I mentioned the great actors being involved in this, and I'm looking at best supporting actor. Obviously, as you, people probably know, De Niro won for young Vito Corleone, but Michael Gaza, who played Frankie Five Angels, and Lee Strasberg, who was Hyman Roth, both were absolutely amazing in this, and they both were nominated. Frankie Five Angels literally comes out of nowhere, is just a Clemenza replacement, and is maybe the best part of the entire movie that's not Pacino and De Niro. Yeah, he's yeah. so funny. He's so charismatic. He's this weird, bald Italian man. Like He looks like they found a guy on the street, and we're like, hey, you're in Godfather now. And he's like, okay. And just came in and was crazy. And he's so proud. When well, he's drinking out of the hose at the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> weird. Drinking <laughs> champagne cocktails. <laughs> he kind of looks like he's like, Polly's cousin from the from Rocky. He does look very much like Polly's cousin, like, or I don't know, like uncle maybe. I seen, yeah, I some sort of some sort of Galtieri family member for yeah, sure. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Anyway, that is that is very true. He is he is great. I, I, I an all time mustache too. I mean, yeah, really, oh, really looks, a great great mustache. It looks like it was born onto his face. I don't want to imagine his face without. Who <laughs> came out the little. As a baby with a little salt and pepper mustache there. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. great movie. Great, great movie. Great movie. Probably the best we will watch during this series, I would Yes, think. I would say that's pretty <laughs> fair. Hazard to guess. I don't even want to look at the list because there's going to be some shaky ones. Oh, there's some good stuff at the end. Like, it, there's a, he'll, I think he'll surprise us every now and then with some great work, but... Yeah, it's good. It's good to get. It's good to cleanse our palate and with a, with a nice tasty steak here before we start getting into the the shakier stuff, the Taco Bells and the <laughs> the style without the substance. <laughs> what fast food chain is Scarface? What would you, what'd you <laughs> I don't say? Know. Taco uh, Bell seems a little racist, but it's definitely <laughs> it's yeah. something that is not good for you. Panda Express. I don't know. <laughs> it might be Panda Express. Yeah, I actually like Panda Express, so. I don't want to besmirch well, the good name. Everyone but... likes orange chicken. Doesn't mean it's good for you. <laughs> so... uh... Well, that's next on the list, everyone. So go find Scarface. I think do you own that on DVD or Blu-ray? Uh, I own it on DVD, but it was added to Net- Netflix serendipitously. This oh, month. fantastic! So we can watch a slightly better yeah. version than the one, the DVD one. Robert Loggia in high definition. So oh, so much Robert Loggia, so much uh, Stephen Bauer. It's gonna be great. That might be the least believable part of the movie that Robert Loggia is a is like a crime kingpin. More <laughs> more unbelievable than Al, Al Pacino being a Cuban guy. He's uh, got that tan going. He yells really well. Like I think. Yelling is ninety nine percent of it when you're in when you're like a Robert Loja type. You just have to be able to really ham it up and get in people's faces. I'm telling you, I'm excited for the for the podcast, and I'm actually excited to see this movie, even though I'm probably gonna like. There's so many slow parts. It's gonna wear off after like a half hour, but I I just love the I love the guy getting hung from the helicopter. That's one of my favorite scenes too. Sosa. Yeah. There's some, there's some, there's a nice incest subplot too. It's all very, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. so much going on. There's like two, there's, there's, it's amazing that with a movie with this much going on, there's so much boring nothing in the middle. It's, it's pretty, it's, I think we're both gonna be flabbergasted well, at how, I mean, Oliver, out is. Oliver Stone did write Scarface. Did you know that? While on so much cocaine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, <laughs> that's why it doesn't surprise me that it's, there's a lot going on, but there's also boring parts because yeah. that, you just described Oliver Stone's entire career, pretty much. Well, it's a conversation for another time, everybody. But for now, I'm Steve Cimino. And I'm Andrew Johnson. And we are One Nation Under Pacino with liberty and justice for Al. Mm-hmm.